Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. All right, what's going on? Welcome to Canel and Bell on this Tuesday. Raja Bell, Danny Canel, hanging out. We got a big show we got to get to. We'll get to the Monday night football game. The Dolphins have named their starter for the rest of the season, and so have the Washington Redskins. What do those mean? One of them got it right. Yeah, I think so. One of them did get it right. LeBron goes off on AAU coaches. I'm very curious to get Raja's take on that, as uh, very familiar with that uh, landscape. Plus the Knicks, we hit on a little bit yesterday. Maybe looking for an angle to get rid of David Fisdale. We'll get to that and more later in the show. Before we get to the Monday Night Football, I do have a question for you and for Joey. Maybe Joey is the more apropos person to ask about it. So I'm growing a beard, okay. right? I have to do this thing. It's for a, a advertisement, a company that I'm getting a little There's bit of extra no that I have to do. no I am the wrong person to ask about. Oh, okay, all right. So I you can't th- grow a beard. Okay, so you can't grow a beard. No. So you have never had a beard, no, no. mustache, no nothing. I right? could get a mustache. <laughs> you can get a little, get a little one, mustache, but and you I get don't a go with it. There, but no, no, no. So my question for Joey, who must be the beard aficionado, because he's had the longer one, he's had the super long one, he's cleaned it up a little bit. Where do I go with the top of the beard, like in the eyes? Because it seems to me like it gets really high up on my face, and I want to clean it up somewhat. But it definitely, it's like coming up to close to my eyeballs at some point. Like I need to trim it somewhat. And then the neck, how far down on the neck do you go? Those are very important questions um, I need to answer I, to. To your eyes? I'm a, I'm a little <laughs> confused all... there. No, yeah, um, he definitely has a little werewolf going on. It like is. His it's climb climb higher, I get it. Yes. Yeah, I get it. So you need to right clean here. up there. Yeah, yeah right. you clean but that up, right? Or you, you just I, let it go. I try to keep it to like where it connects to the mustache. So I'm like the handlebars kind of extended. Yeah, a little bit. Somewhere like, in like there. That. So, I try like, to line it up right there. It's a, it's a little <laughs> messy right now. You, I got it too, but yeah. And then down here, I try. it depends how long how long you're going to go. Right. Because if you're going to like let it go, go like I used to have it, then it I won't really let it go that. Go I won't there. let it go that. Because there are different styles of beards that you can wear. You can clean it up, have it kind of tight. That's My wife be likes really that. frustrating, man. No, I know it is. It is very like, itchy. Yes, it I get, get very, really upset when I get, get just a couple hairs <laughs> yes. here. Like that looks uncomfortable. It can be if you use the right lotions and oils, though, by Cremo. Oh, wow. <laughs> you can get them in there, and it can help with some of that itching. Uh, itching well done. Well that played. You get in there. Well played, uh, so we'll have to keep it. I'll let you know what I'm going to do. I'll probably keep it tightened up. A little bit. All right. On to Monday Night Football. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers were the lone undefeated team. They were playing last night uh, as a six-point favorite against the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson and the Seahawks were having none of it, though. They came back. Uh, they were up 21 nothing. The 49ers come all the way back from down 21-10 to tie the game, get it to overtime. I thought Jimmy Garoppolo played okay. I thought he played well enough to win. I do think um, he's an interesting case study, and, and I just think we need to see more of him to really solidify himself as one of the top-tier quarterbacks. I think you can be a little bit misguided if you just say, oh, they're undefeated, and it's because of Garoppolo. I don't think that's the case. It's because of their defense. It's because of some of the weapons they have, and they clearly missed Kittle last night, and Emmanuel Sanders going down didn't help at all. But I think on the flip side, Russell Wilson needs to be considered as not just elite, but maybe the best quarterback Period in the NFL. Hot take there, bud. I, it is though. No, like, it tell is. me who's better. It is. I agree. And and I, there's a very so you can make an argument for some, 
But why do we never put Russell Wilson in that conversation is beyond me because he carries his team consistently to victories in unlikely spots. Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that he was drafted as low as he was. And we talk about the stigma all the time about uh, or, or surrounding guys. The interesting part of that is Tom Brady was drafted really low too. Right. And there's never a, really a stigma attached to him in that regard. You know what I mean? So but I think after, I think he did. I mean, he's been in the conversation for 10 years. Nah, this guy's been in the conversation for how long? But he only has one Super Bowl. You know, and he has two. And, and, but and he, here's the difference. He's accounted when, for so much. Last uh, year. Agreed. When the, he accounted for 60-some percent of their offense. Agreed. There was one year it was like 80. It's like ridiculous. It was even more a few years ago. I think it's a couple things. One, I think because of the way he played, which is different. When he was in his rookie year and second right. year, he was a game manager, sure. right? They didn't ask him to do a lot because they had the Legion of Boom. They didn't need him. But that is totally not the case now. He is multiple times has put this team on what? his back and carried them to victories where I think he is in that conversation for who is the best quarterback in the league. I'd put him, I, like right now, if you said, who do you want? I think a lot of people might think this is a hot take, but if you look at consistency, there's with nobody less, you'd rather it's him have. over Aaron Rodgers. Yes. I think Patrick Mahomes is the one other young quarterback. But I who take I would experience. I take I take Russ's experience just f- fractionally over Patrick Mahomes' brilliance and playmaking ability. Right, right. I, I would, and I would agree with you with every other quarterback. And I was just writing them all out, like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, yep. Drew Brees. I I think I think if you gave me him and them at this point in time, I'm right. taking Russ. Every Even time. if it was so here was the always kind of the out in the conversation was, well, it's only one year only. So then you might say Drew Brees or Tom Brady just in a year where but I think even this year, no, I would take Russell Wilson right. above them, even for just one year. You just need a one year run. Right now. And going forward, there's not even a question. Right. He's the youngest of the bunch. Right. Right. So it's not even a question of whether you're taking him over those guys, because you know, at some point, you know, that ceases to look like Tom Brady or Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers. And I, again, I want to touch on it because I think it's like, it's interesting, man. Like, you talked about Tom Brady. When Tom Brady came in w- with the Patriots, th- he was managing games. Yeah. He wasn't the Tom Brady you see now where he's orchestrating o- offense and throwing it all over the field. He managed offense until, you know, he was seasoned enough to right. take over the offense, which is the same thing that happened to Russell Wilson, right? You manage it. You got a defense. You do what we need you to do to put our team in the best position to win. And once you've grown in that space and you are – you know, proficient enough at the position will hand over the keys to you and you do what you do with it. Right. I, I wonder how much different this conversation would be if Russell Wilson had got the second Super Bowl. Remember the interception yeah. that he threw on the goal line? I wonder if all of a sudden he, we would have this conversation and nobody would even blink and say, oh, that's a hot take. They would just say, yeah. Because for, for whatever reason, up to this point, it's always been the elite. It's always Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and Aaron Rodgers, before, you know, before uh-huh. Peyton retired. Sure. And now it's... Okay, well, maybe he's in that conversation. I don't think there is no maybe. No I think maybe he may be it. the best in the league. Another thing that Joey pointed out to me was that Russell Wilson has never really had anything close to Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey or Kareem Hunt in the backfield. Whatever weapons that Patrick Mahomes had last year when he's throwing 50 touchdowns, Russell Wilson has never really had that. No, he never has any weapons. Um, and Which just I would look say is kind of Aaron Rodgers is in a similar type of situation. He's never really had no, but for a while, top in the For league. a while, he had a – for a, early – he had some some weapons. He though, did. And that, yeah. He had weapons early. Um, take last night's game for example, mm-hmm. right? And take Russell Wilson and put him on like San Francisco's team with with the with the weapons uh, that they have and right. the defense that they have. He wins right? that game. It, like it's not even it's not even a close game. We're not even in overtime there, right? Right. Right. Agreed. Um. So then it comes down to you and I both think he's one of the tops in the NFL. Period. 
Then it becomes the question of, all right, well, the MVP race is starting. I think it's an awesome race, by the way. Some years, last year it was Patrick Mahomes. You could see it from November. You're like, all right, he's done because he got hurt this year. I still think Patrick Mahomes is in the conversation, obviously being missing two games. Kind of hurt him, but statistically he's still, and he was back right up, right to where he left off, even though their team lost. But I do think it's starting to get whittled down where you still have Russell, and I would probably rank these. Boy, if you don't get Kirk maybe Cousins off that order. No, no, no. He might even be ahead of Kirk crazy? Cousins. What are you talking about? You better the get Kirk Cousins named, off my screen. The guy man. got the player of the month for the month of October, and guess what he did? You missed it yesterday. Guess what he did? He went on the road he in did. prime time he did. and beat a team beat with a, a better terrible than Cowboys record. Beat a terrible Cowboys team. No, 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 no. Not terrible. Beat a not terrible, terrible. Cowboys team. I still think he's a long shot, but I think he's in the conversation. But I really think you could make a case that any six of these guys, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Christian McCaffrey, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, or Kirk Cousins, I think any one of these could still win this thing. Um, I disagree. I think that it's Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson's. Um, you know, this is provided they don't just fall off a cliff with their team. And, but that's the thing. It's been so up and down. We've had other guys like, you know, oh, like Christian McCaffrey but, was there and loses. And it's like, oh, we forget about him. And then next week he'll go off and he vaults himself. Let's say Lamar Jackson comes in a game and he doesn't have it. Like he falls off. It's been very, it's it been is, an inter- interchangeable top three. It is. It's three, been a fluid, it's been a fluid conversation. But I think the top two are solidified. I think Christian McCaffrey, um, is the dark horse like he can get in there to potentially win it? Those other names, yes, you can make a case for it, but I don't think they're gonna give it to Patrick Mahomes again. He had the two, you know, he had the two uh, games off, and their team isn't really doing what what everyone expected that team to do. And I don't think that Aaron Rodgers is on pace. Um, and and you know, I can't even believe you have Kirk Cousins on the screen, even though he won <laughs> the the, the uh, Packers of the month. are still eight and two. Like they, that's it's where not, I he's think not it'll doing enough. He's not stretch. doing enough. He had like Agreed, he had a, their he's defense not, is better. Yeah, he's not doing enough. They're not asking him to. To be out there just winging it all around and accounting for enough of that offense for him to be in the MVP conversation. Now, the one player I didn't have on there, and it could be an omission and somebody that can play their way back in there, is Deshaun Watson, who for the Texans, six and three, you know, 18 touchdowns, five interceptions. I still think he can play his way back into that. I'd put him like at that the last spot with Kirk Cousins and Deshaun Watson. Right. Depends on how the finish goes. They could play their way back into it there and probably Deshaun Watson deserves to be over Kirk Cousins as well. I think there is some – the Heisman, we have Heisman moments where you have to do something really special. Deshaun Watson does that almost every week. Yeah. Kirk Cousins didn't have to do it just statistics alone. He's not going to make any circus plays. And even the other night's a good example. Dalvin Cook went off. I mean, they're the, the Minnesota Vikings really are only going to go as far as Dalvin Cook takes. Sure. Not really Kirk yeah, Cousins, correct. which is why I think it's still a long shot. For him to get in that MVP discussion, uh, this I year. I do as think well. if you break down, like if you go Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, I would give it to Lamar Jackson. Like, and would. I, I would, my, I would give it to Russell Wilson, but I think people will give it to Lamar Jackson. He's fun, sense. man. He's because dynamic. He has all of those like moments where you're it's, like, yeah, he, and, he, and what he's what done that? to that team and made them relevant and made them good. And you saw it was really a cool moment. I've saw it. I think Joey's texted it to us last night. When uh, John Harbaugh came over to him, that was really a cool moment. Yeah. When he came over there on the field, on the bench, and was like, "Hey, man, you are changing the game." Like, and you were doing that was really cool. Right. It wasn't fake. It didn't feel like he was propping up his quarterback. It seemed like a coach and his quarterback. And I love Lamar Jackson's response. We haven't done anything yet. Right. I wanna, yeah, I want to win a Super Bowl Absolutely. first. Love that response there. Um, you know who's not an MVP conversation for the next two quarterbacks that had some news surrounding them? The Miami Dolphins have named Ryan Fitzpatrick their starter. 
for the rest of the season. We knew he was going to start game to game, but he's been named starter for the rest of the season. They've actually had a chance to win every game that since he took over, including the game where he replaced Josh Rosen against the Redskins. Remember, it came down to the wire, that last-minute type of scenario. But what are you doing, Miami Dolphins? Are you actually trying to win games? Like, like that's what, what I'm trying to figure I, it out. It is completely contradictory to what you've been trying to do all year. You, you've, yes. you've liquidated every asset you have in, in, a, in, in a chase for – um, draft picks and, and draft capital to supposedly go out there, um, and get a quarterback. And you go out preseason in the midst of philosophically developing this plan and you take a swing, um, at Josh Rosen. Right. right? And you have him sitting over there. Now, is that, and now the other question now, has that just written off? Are you done? Are you hanging it up? Well, I mean, Josh that is Rosen? a, com- a complete you know? indictment on Josh Rosen. Apparently they've seen enough and that's not going to be the direction they want to go in. That's, that's, that's fine. I would still say, Everything that you've done philosophically coming into this season has been in an effort to not be too good. So right. why are you caring at this point to chase wins? And that's what you're doing. When you put, I, I've heard the, the Ryan Fitzpatrick, the guys play for him more. Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, a better leader. Ryan Fitzpatrick gives us the best. I get it. Right. Except none of that matters the way you've approached this season from a roster standpoint. Exactly. It is very perplexing to see what they're doing. I mean, I guess from a, Maybe you just don't have to answer the question anymore about your team. Uh, here's where I'm going to become the biggest Ryan Fitzpatrick can, uh, fan in the history of his career. Mm-hmm. Because I think they have a chance to catch some real fire here at the end of the season. I'm oh, not joking. God. They have rattled off back-to-back wins. The remainder of their schedule is pretty manageable when you look at it from a perspective of how far they got? would have come. We got The Bills and Browns the next two weeks – Teams that I could see them compete with, yeah. with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Then they have the Jets, the Giants, the Bengals before they face the Patriots. All right. Let's, what and the Patriots at? at the end of the season. What is that picture? They may be sitting they'd have, So they're two and seven. They'd have to run the table. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven to go nine and seven, catch a wild card would be and so get stupid. into the playoffs. That would be so stupid. It would be so stupid, but you know who would be one rich man? <laughs> so they're odd. So then this is, this is the long what shot of the year. <laughs> I, I took $10 uh-huh. on the Miami Dolphins to go to the Super Bowl. They don't have to win it. Oh. They just have to get there. Oh. How much do you think a $10 bet would pay off? I don't this even know. It's all about I, the return. I don't know. 25 thousand dollars if they somehow have the yeah, unlike if not it's like buying a lottery ticket yeah. except i think there are slightly better odds on this one than there is to look actually at the, look win. at the standings in the afc though i know um, it's kind eight, of more open than eight, you eight might get you in i mean exactly the Steelers, getting in and getting to the super bowl <laughs> are two saying, different yeah, conversations just, I was once saying, you get you said fired you to run the table to go nine and seven eight and eight <laughs> The Steelers right now are five and four in the sixth spot. So in case I don't know that the Steelers are going to end up nine and seven. They're not very good. Brian Flores, if you're the Dolphins, the one thing that you figured out is Brian Flores coach. Which I hopefully they all along have said, you know what? It doesn't matter what he does this season. I was concerned for them early. Me because too. It was because so the bad. perception of it. Yeah. Even though they're trying to tank, he's shown more than adequate. Right. And even probably what you want good coaches to do, maximize the talent you're given. He has absolutely done that and more. And if this back end gets wacky and I make twenty five grand, I'll be the guy. No, you know, all jokes aside, I know I'm, I get I get to yell in like I, I get it. I throw a rant. Can you explain to me? Give me one like possible scenario where this makes sense. Give me. Oh, one, it doesn't one, because of everything they've been doing cr- so far. Every single unless thing you've done. you feel like it two wins, you've 
lost already. Like they wanted to be the worst team. And I think with two wins, especially beating the Jets, who was in that conversation, the Bengals look like they're going to get that number one overall pick. So guess what they're probably going to do? They're going to get Joe Burrow, who's from the state of Ohio, who's probably going to leap to a, in the conversation. Right. And they're going to get the quarterback, the thing that Miami has needed for so long, they're going to miss out for because they couldn't even tank properly. Like it, it is. That's it does crazy. look at it. So I don't know if they're looking at it saying two wins back to back. We're out of that. So let's go forward. You are conceding but, on the tank? <laughs> I don't know. We I have conceded like the tank. <laughs> I we, think that's what it's We are like. so bad we can't even tank correctly. Exactly. So now we might go full circle and try to win games. Mm. I have no mm. idea what they're trying to do. The other news that was out there uh for different reasons, and this one's probably just to give, hey, let's just stop guessing every single right. week who's going to play quarterback. The Washington Redskins have named Dwayne Haskins their starter for the remainder of the season. Not exactly huge news, but hey, give him the support he needs. Try to develop him. Sure. And so he doesn't have to look over his shoulder. Hey, if I throw a couple picks, am I going to get benched? Let him know he's the quarterback for the foreseeable future. And the other piece of news that's a little bit more of speculation is that Robert Kraft has made it known he wants Gronk back for the playoffs. I have been on record the entire yeah, time saying Gronk is going to come back later in the season. Now, according to the rules, the last day for Gronk and the team to agree to grant him an official return to the roster would be Saturday, November 30th. I think he comes and signs Friday, November 29th. Yo. So that he could be back for the teams. It's the day before the week 13 game. I don't even think he plays in that game. They just bring him back, start, you know, working him in, get him a little bit up to speed. So when the playoffs come around, Gronk is a force. For the New England Patriots. That signal is across the sky. So. Oh, it absolutely and, and is. This Boston. is everybody. The and Gronk don't you signal think, is up. Don't you think Tom Brady's got him on speed dollar texting him after every game? Why not? Hey, man, would have loved you here in this matchup. Totally. Yeah. Why not? Uh, we'll have to see what Gronk says about it because, of course, it's his decision to make and we'll be all over that. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Beats. All right, welcome back to Kinnell and Bell as we move on to the NBA. LeBron James had some interesting comments uh, when he spoke with Yahoo about load management specifically. And as opposed to even talking about the NBA rigors, back-to-backs, traveling, and all those, he said, you know what? He said, I'm going to look even further back and look at an impact a negative impact that's had on load management. And that's all the way back to the AAU level where he said, quote, these kids are going into the league already banged up. And I think parents and coaches need to know that. Well, AAU coaches don't give a bleep. You know that old saying, it's like, boy, you ain't tired. What are you tired for? You're only 12 years old. You don't even know what it means to be tired. Nah, that's BS. Those kids are tired, and they don't eat great, too, the nutrition part. They don't eat well at 14, 15, and 16. They're taking all that pounding, and then they're not putting the right bleep in their body. It's tough. Um, where do you want me to start? <laughs> uh, where, first of all, I think, you, I think you get really into a tough spot when you have an indictment on an entire group of people. I'm just. This is just a general observation. I don't think all AAU coaches are bad or doing this. I I, I think there's a problem at I, the youth level. Yeah, I think this was. I don't think he meant to try to like uh, cast a super 
like extraordinarily wide net and lump everyone in there. At least I hope he didn't. Right. But the sentiment, um, I tend to agree with a bit. Uh, there, there are programs out there that charge a lot of money and it's a huge, I, I've talked to you about it. Yeah. It's a huge money making thing for them. So convincing a family, cause it's not the kid, but convincing the family that it's imperative for him to be in that gym on the grind, playing games, getting better, keeping up with the Joneses, so to speak. Is, is there a way to keep you on the hook to keep paying them? So there's a whole lot of people that do that. Um, I know a kid in the, in the seventh grade. He's got a torn Achilles. Tell me when that has ever happened before. Like t- kids that's in seventh grade at 12 and 13 years old shouldn't be tearing Achilles and, and tearing their muscles like that. They're overused. They're overworked. I have a youth program. I, I don't charge anything. I do it free. I did it because I realized the kids are being taught poorly. When I started my program, I made a commitment to only practice them two times a week. Mm. And people see us playing all over the country, and we we lose in the semis and national championships and stuff like that, and that's fine. We practice two times a week. This year, I might bump it up to three times a week. There is no need for those kids at 12 years old to be on a full-time grind in any sport. When people ask me what they can do for their kids to be better at basketball, I tell them, teach them to play something else. Yeah, Take them and let them play soccer. Let them play baseball. Put them in a swimming pool. Expose him and his muscles to a different set of motions and a different hand-eye coordination type of skill set. Do not grind him out on this one particular sport right now. There is no need to do it. And a lot of people in the training industry, not just AAU coaches, they're trainers out there as well, will have you believe, because it's beneficial to their pocket, that your child needs to be in a gym or on a field or in a pool grinding seven days a week, five hours a day, and it's not damn true. People are getting hurt and kids are getting burnt out at a higher rate than it's ever happened before. I think you see the same thing happen in baseball. I think that's why there's so many elbows that get blown out because teams have been pitching and throwing as hard as they can from 10 years old all the way up to when they get drafted. Same type of thing. And they're doing it year-round. I think the year-round grind is the thing that I have the biggest problem with. And it's not necessarily just AAU. It's 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 other sports, sports too, where there's football players that are focused, and they're telling them, hey – all right, if you're going to play football during the season, you're going to have seven on seven in the summer, and then the other four days, five days a week, you're going to be in the weight room how grinding many, specifically. How many footballs can you throw Right. before right. your shoulder disintegrates? Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. how many? And, and I, I, look, my basketball team, and God bless the parents. Like, I had a woman tell me her son was in the fourth grade. You know, my son, uh, um, his goal is to play in the NBA. I'm like, yo, I support that. Like, I'm a living testament that, like, if you have a goal and you want to, you know what she told me though, which really, which really, she was like, I think it's a realistic expectation for him. Really? I'm like, what, what now you're, now we're not. That's a really now, tough conversation to have when it, you have to give him a dose of reality, but that's something they need to hear. But you as a parent can't approach that. He can have the dream and he can work to that dream, but you convincing yourself that that's a reality for him and starting to treat him like a pro when he's in the fourth grade right. is the wrong attitude to have as a parent. And I don't get into like, parenting other people's kids that's not my gig i'm not that dude my wife will tell you but when i see dumb like that yeah i, I gotta be like yo what what is what is wrong with you right look man I, I i did this the basketball thing out of love for the game a way to give back a way to be around my boys right mm-hmm. in a hope that someone may defer to a little bit of knowledge right because most of the parents in my program have never played a sport at a level like that right mm-hmm. i will have parents we, we practice twice a week right and i play them every other weekend so as to not be in the gym playing 120 games a year because it's a long season, right? If I don't play them on one weekend, I have parents that will call me, want to be in the gym, <laughs> and if I don't provide that, try to take their kid and play on another team because uh Joseph wants to play. He right. needs to be in the gym playing. And I'm like, 
He does not need to be in a – you know what he needs to do? He needs to be at home kicking it with his, his, right. his friends. Yeah. He needs to go ride a bike. Mentally getting – look, yeah, he, kids are even stressed correct. out. And they're feeling the pressure and the anxiety from their parents and the pressure to succeed and get to the NBA or get a scholarship, whatever it is. And it adds one more layer of stress to their lives, already physically taxing. And then there's a mental thing. And then the parents are on them if they don't score, you know, double digits. Then they're on them after the game. Like all of it is very unhealthy. Look, yeah, it's super unhealthy. <laughs> yeah. And I, I like if anyone would be listening to this, they'd be like, hey, well, your, your son's, uh, train. Right. Well, okay. Yeah. I have, I have a son who's a quarterback. You know how many times he throws a week with the quarterback coach? One time. Right. Right? Yep. When they're in basketball season, do you know how many times they practice twice? you know how many times I take them out back and train them? No times. Like, they play. Right. And they get their practices in with their teams. But we're not on a grind like these little dudes are going to be playing in the NFL or the NBA tomorrow. Right. Raj, Joey, Raj knowing that, look, it's going to be almost impossible to teach every parent what's right and what's wrong in these situations and the amount of money now that's in AAU for these coaches to convince these parents that their kids need to be playing all the time is there a potential solution that you can think of like is there regulations that you can put on AAU is there can the can the NBA look into working with AAU to set regulations LeBron said EYBL is better than the AAU circuit with the little smaller uh, tournaments is there is there some sort of I don't know, mix of things you can do to potentially regulate so kids aren't allowed to play that many games. Yeah, I mean, I, I think participation from 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 the NBA or even from NCAA basketball would be helpful in kind of regulating it right now. Again, let's say I didn't play in the NBA, right, and, and I didn't have a basketball background. Right. I was just a, a random dude that wanted to start a team. You know what I would have to do to start a team? Buy uniforms. Right. That's it. Right. So, like, you need to have a better process, in my opinion, of educating the dudes who are running the programs, you know, as to what is actually necessary. But, Joey, like, when you have people that are eating off of this, and I think, you know, I didn't talk to LeBron about this, but I think, you know, what he's saying is what I'm saying in that it's not AAU as a brand. It is the convincing of people that are running these AAU programs that are providing – like some of these dudes are making hundreds of thousands of dollars off of right. their AAU program, right? Because right? you get the right players, you start winning, then you get. The, we already saw the FBI scandal. Yeah. How much money comes from shoe companies? Correct, and it trickles all the way down, right? So you got your your flagship team is like your your tenth grade team, right? And then everyone's going to want to play at the age underneath that. And what I tell a lot of these parents is like, listen, look at let's say said program in your area that's excellent, and you're convinced that your son has to be paying to play on that team. And he's in the second grade. Right. Do you know who's coaching the second grade team for said program in your area? <laughs> Some idiot on from the park. <laughs> right. He doesn't know bleep. Like, right. do you know what I mean? And it's a con- you've got a brainwashed segment of the population. And I don't mean to make it only about basketball. Right. But basketball is what I know because my kids aren't on the lacrosse circuit. And they're not on the. It happens at every level, every sport. I see it in tennis, golf, uh, football, at baseball. It creeps in every single sport. And it's. It is not healthy for kids, which is the part. And here's the thing. I almost make a point of asking every single professional athlete that we interview on this show, if you ever come across them, hey, what do you think should happen at the youth level? Almost all of them play a bunch of sports, have fun, don't worry about it. Yeah. You know, if the, if you're meant to be, if it's meant to be, you will get there. You know, you can't Absolutely. force it. You can't just all of a sudden work into it. Yes, that's a part of it. You want to have incredible work ethic, but you're not going to create the next LeBron James. Just because you have your kid Look, at basketball mom and, every week. Mom and dad, <laughs> <laughs> I 
if <laughs> if genetically, right, neither one of you fits the mold, <laughs> right? The chances that your child, no matter how skilled or how hard he works, fits the mold genetically are slim to none. Exactly. That does not to say that he can't do it. Right. But understand how stacked that deck is against that kid realizing that dream. Do you know what I mean? So right. spread him out. Yes. Like let him learn other and stuff. Also, and be- academically, like oh, that's what? a pretty good fall. Like I was always taught my I'm, my dad would have loved the career, loved bragging about me, right. loved the fact that I was a professional athlete. I'm sure your dad was sure. too. But I was raised from a very early age. You better have good grades because you can get hurt. And you may not be good enough. I was told that, like, flat out, like, I know you want to play professional sports, but you might not be good enough, so you better study, so you have a fallback plan. And I think that has completely fallen by the wayside. That's not even a fallback plan, bro. No. That is your plan. Well, it should it, be. Yes, that's your yes, plan. exactly. Like, we're going to knock that out. Right. And then once those are tightened up and we're in the place where we want to be and you convince us that you, you're good enough in that area, then guess what you've earned the right to do? Right. Now you've earned the right to play sports, exactly. right? Like, that's your that's your primary, man. Like, it's, yeah. it's nuts, man. Steve Nash told me a story. I don't mean to hijack this because he was in town a few weeks ago. I went down to hang out with him and he was talking to me about, you know, his approach to this and his philosophy on it. And I, I'm pretty sure he told me about a, um, it was a women's soccer program, maybe, maybe Vanderbilt or somewhere like that. Or, or, or no, maybe it was a baseball program where they will not recruit kids from a certain state because of the burnout ratio of the kids from that state. Really? How early they are specialized and they only do that. And this coach at whatever university it is, I wish I could recall it, um, philosophically thinks it's better to get kids that are fresher mentally and physically and may, may not have played as much of that sport because when he gets them, he feels like he can coach them up. Right. But they're not going to burn out and fall apart on him once he gets them. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. And uh, and yet we all, like all these professional athletes, give this advice and parents just ignore they it. Just compl- <laughs> they just ignore it. They're like, not my kid. He's going to work his way to the NFL hate- or NBA, no, whatever it is. Don't even get me started. <laughs> all right. Welcome back to Canel and Bell. So yesterday we touched on it just a little bit about the Knicks' future around David Fisdale, their head coach, because of some interesting comments from their president and GM. Both spoke after the team's two and eight start. Have a listen, and I'll get your reaction. Given that this is our tenth game, we felt we we had an obligation to come and speak to you guys. Um, obviously, Scott and I are not happy with where we are right now. We think the team's not performing to the level that we anticipated or we expected it to perform at, and it's something that we think we collectively have to do a better job of delivering the the product on the floor that we said we would do with the start of the season. Um, we still believe in our coaching staff. We believe in the plan that Scott and I put together and the players that we've assembled, but we also have to acknowledge that we haven't played at the level we expected to play at. No, we still, we, we, we have patience and we, we believe in, in, in coach and we believe in the group that, that we put together. But we also know that as Scott and I both have said a number of times, we need to find a way to, to have a consistent level of effort and execution that has to pull itself together. It's not good enough for us to play well for two quarters and then play poorly for two other quarters. What we have to do is find a way to to play consistent basketball. And we believe in this group and we believe they're capable of doing it and we've just got to find a way to get them there. Ooh, man, those are some, uh, if I'm David Fisdale, I might be putting the house in the market. I mean, and it's not an indictment on him. It's that he is in a really rough situation. And anytime you see the president and GM 
standing in front of the media who basically said, we felt we wanted to address you. It wasn't yeah. like they were requested. Correct. They're like, hey, we felt the need to come out here. That is, hey, coach, you got to turn this around or we're going in a different direction. That's as very clear as it goes. First of all, you don't need to come out there and do that. You're only 10 games in. You're, you ain't the first team to be bad. You ain't the first team in New York Knicks organization to be bad. Right. You really don't have to get out there 10 games in and have a press conference like that. The fact that you are and both of you are standing up there, David Fisdale, you should be concerned. Because what's happening here is protection of own ass. Yes. Right? Absolutely. Like, we've got the roster. Yeah. And we put together the <laughs> roster right. that can win games. I don't know what the hell he's doing with it. But we got you what you needed, James Dolan, right? Because if and they rolled out there and said our team isn't good enough, then that's their That's on their ass, right. Yes. So this is protection of own asses. And I want to be fair in this. I like Fizz. Yeah. I, I know Fizz. He used to live in my building. I like him. You can't discount the fact that this is the second that very early in his tenure somewhere, there have been – signals that aren't going well and, and the natives are getting restless, if you will. You know what I mean? Do you think that's oh, no, because I've been on either one of those teams and I'm not in the building. I don't have a source there. Right. That, I got to be fair, right? Like, that's the same time that earlier, relatively early season, when you were at the home, it's gone off the rails to some degree. Uh, this one is really, really well. And eight in the East is like four and six or six like that you're you're a nowhere. couple wins away and you're right back like, for you to be standing at a, at a podium addressing tenant uh before that loss to the Cavs, adrian wojernowski had actually come out with a report saying that mills the knicks president they had actually started to lay the internal groundwork for the eventual dismissal of coach david fisdale that to me seems like the purpose of that press conference yeah, yeah, double was, down hey, so everybody's not caught off guard when we do make a move. And I think it is a kind of a Hail Mary. I don't know. I don't know if that's a bad term, but hey, fizz, like this is your last warning. Like we've done enough of this. You need to turn it around or else, which is not a comfortable place to Look, be in, but I think at least so he won't be caught off guard. The only way David Fisdale and James Dolan, you'd be, you should be ashamed if you fire this man at this point. You really should. You'd be like, you've done some pretty, some questionable decisions as it pertains to the, the Knicks franchise. Knicks fans can tell you better than I can. But um, if you were to fire this man 10 to 15 games in for anything other than conduct, conduct detrimental, right? Like right. David Fisdale would have to be in there being just the worst human being ever. And I know he's not that. Right. right? So if it's for performance of a team that really was patchworked together after you struck out in free agency, shame on you, Knicks. Shame on you, James Dolan. Like let let him play it out. Let him figure out or try to figure out what this will look like for a team moving forward to, into the All-Star break and then coming out of the All-Star break. You will have lost nothing if you're a Knicks franchise. You're nowhere as it stands right now. You'll be nowhere if it fails this year. Right. And then if you need to move off of it, move off of it. This is a general manager and a, and a, and a president or whatever he is saying, I'm afraid that the buck is going to stop with me and that can't happen. So I'm passing it and it's going to move right down to right. David Fisdale. Right. No, uh, well, the thing, Raj, the, the other thing that kind of stuck out to me outside of just the unheard of 10 games into a season, a GM and a president addressing the media and not firing anybody is the second part of that clip where Steve Mills is saying, 
effort in the first two quarters is good, but we have to keep consistent effort. And that, that's coach speak. That's the things that the coach is supposed to be saying to the media. Yeah, so which, if the president is saying that to the media, if you're David Fizzle, yeah, you absolutely have to be worried because the, the, from watching this team and looking at the numbers, the biggest issue with this team is the guy they paid to be their best player, Julius Randle, is having a terrible year. And who, and who missed and, on that? And that's who Steve Bill that? Scott Perry. Right. Yes, correct. That's not David Fisdale's fault. Um, and, yeah, you are you are absolutely correct, Joe. That's a great point. That is, first of all, again, I would say as a general manager or don't get up there and, and talk in coach terms. Right. You solely talk about the state of the Knicks. Right. Don't get up there and start throwing coach terms around because then you undermine him. You've undermined right. him. Everyone and everyone in the world knows right now that you've been in his office telling him that his teams don't play hard and they can't, they don't play for four quarters and I need you to tighten that up or your ass is fired. Right. Uh, Jim Dolan, the owner of the Knicks, uh, maybe one of the worst owners How many times in have I said sports. A lot. I think lot. we're going to get a letter from the FCC right. or at least some My of bad. our bosses. My uh, Jim, uh, Dolan, since he took over in 1999, 12 head coaches, seven different GMs, six different presidents or vice presidents of basketball ops, and only six playoff appearances and only one series win. It's been a disaster. They are Why dysfunction. He does, they are dysfunction. They are you dysfunction. Can't, you can't expect that to turn around with that much turnover in the last 20 years. It just, it's impossible to think that's going to happen. And yet it wouldn't surprise me if they do it again. Moving on to the NCAA. Uh, the NCAA has been. Yep. It's been portrayed as this villain, this villainous uh, organization that, you know, holds kids down and doesn't let them go to the NFL and it's such a bad thing. I don't think that's the case, but it's gotten to a point where it's come around so much. There's so much negativity towards the NCAA that when kids break the rules, it's not even, hey, well, they broke the rules. It's no, the NCAA is the worst. Right. Like you can get away with anything now which is essentially what's happened with two potential number one overall picks in their respective sports. Chase Young, probably going to be the number one overall pick in the NFL draft, was ruled um, – he's actually – Ohio State said, we're going to take him off the field as we investigate this further. He admitted, said he took money from a, quote, family friend to fly his girlfriend to the Rose Bowl. Said he paid the loan back full, missed last weekend's game versus Maryland. He'll probably get another game, and then he's back uh, for that. And then James Wiseman of Memphis, potential first-round pick in the NBA draft, a little bit of a different scenario because Ohio State is protecting their national championship run right. by saying, you know what, we're going to take him off just in case. He's We don't want to lose games. Penny Hardaway, head coach at Memphis, has said, you know what, we may have broke the rules. We might be guilty, but we're not taking him off the court. We're not tripping. Yeah, because no. Penny's building. Penny's, Penny is selling. We're, we're pros. I don't think Penny, when he comes in to recruit you, is selling national championship. Right. You know what I mean? Like Ohio State and foot, maybe it's a football versus basketball thing at the highest level. Right. Like basketball, while you're probably trying to win a natty, you are more concerned with like, am I going to be a one and done pro? And can this coach help like get me to where I need to go? And I believe that's what Penny and those guys are selling. And, and good, like I ain't even mad at you for t like getting the stay of execution, so to speak, and saying we don't, we don't really care. We're playing him. Right, because it's an absurd thing. Ten years ago, he would have been skewered by the national media. Yeah. And now the way the conversation has shifted, it's like, good for Penny. Give it to the NCAA. Yeah. Force him out there. Well, I, th I do think he runs the risk of potentially harming his team if they get a title stripped. But at that point, if you do it on the court, if you actually see, what? if everybody sees you win, you took you're still the away. champion, you know? You took those wins away. <laughs> yes. You went back and took so, all the balls out of the net. Right? All of them, like in reverse, <laughs> took them out of the net. Um. But I mean, like bigger picture, it's, it's a stupid, it's a stupid thing. Let's use Chase Young. Like 
you're you're playing in a bowl game that generates like how many millions of dollars would would you say that that, that Rose if they bowl go to the Rose Bowl if they go to the playoff it'll be thirty for their, 20, 30 million for, the, for, the, for their for their university university yeah the biggest game maybe of your life and like your your girlfriend oh, or a family member Rose Bowl last year yeah probably yeah. ten or fifteen million like yeah. I mean and 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 your and your girlfriend or or family member or even a significant other like can't afford to get there and there's no vehicle in place with the NCAA where that can happen. Do you know what I mean, Danny? Like philosophically, that's wrong. They were given forty million, forty million dollars <laughs> team to each team. Yep. And you're telling me that we can't? I can't borrow five hundred dollars right. to get my girlfriend out there so she can see me play on the biggest stage in college football, and I pay it back? Well, here's what's stupid in all of this, and this is where I think the the NCAA gets a bad rap because they can't get out of their own way, and they still have stupid policies in place. They have a policy for the college football playoff that they could they could have Chase Young could have said I want my girl and the NCAA will pay for it just for the playoff right why don't they include it for every bowl for if we're trying to promote the bowl system and if the, especially the Rose Bowl the Sugar Bowl all these other, like the bowls that are kind of the bigger bowls that rotate in the playoff structure right why not let it be what, for them what, too? what do they provide what is that what is what is the it's pretty cool oh, I didn't so even know I didn't so, even know oh yeah they, for, so they'll do it for the NCAA tournament as well for right. basketball but in college football if you if you're a team one of the final four teams. They'll pay up to three thousand dollars per kid yeah. for you to fly your family out. That's they'll put dope. you up. They'll give you good, a, like for money them. for a hotel, and it's great. Yeah. Why don't we do this more? And why doesn't the NCAA promote it more? What about kids? Say yes, we do this, and we're going to do it for more, so that we don't have a situation like this. What That's about a kid is. from UCF that is, like they got snubbed by the by the uh, right the playoff? Team, but yeah. they're still playing in a the fiesta, fiesta or and Sugar Bowl, whatever example, it is. Same exact thing. And they, they can't. Sh- they can't. No, but they should. Correct. They should. Then that's where it's an easy fix. And yet the NCA still doesn't do themselves any favors. They just, they're trying to, you know, protect revenues and things like this. But for the $40 million, you couldn't tap into that for a few hundred thousand okay. and say, we're going to cover costs for everybody. And why does it have to be three family members? You know why? why not give them more? You know why? Well, because they're, they're greedy. They're greedy. Yes. I think so too. And they, and the greed is why people are so happy to see them burn down, yeah, you know, and see them, you know, fall apart. And get skewered by everybody. Where I'm looking at, you know, saying just you know, do something you know that makes sense. Obligated to do that, real talk. Who the university? Yeah, yeah, they're making a lot they're of. They're the ones too. making. Big, yeah, the forty million that yeah. goes to the school. Yeah, have Ohio State foot that bill, and they would they could do it yeah. easily. They could afford to do it. All right, um, let's continue rolling on. I, I was going to hit on Arkansas. They fired Chad Morris. It's the sec. I don't like ah. this trend. I don't like this trend at all. Um, with coaches getting fired before they even have coached for two years but hey man it is a it, there's more pressure and there's more money i think that's why schools are looking at it and the expectation is hey you make four or five million bucks a year you better win but that's not a realistic expectation for a lot of these schools yeah, but dude you're t- uh, I, culture is a thing that has to be changed it doesn't happen overnight and it takes time it takes time not yes. and i'm not even you know this isn't even talking about like recruiting the type of kids that you would need to recruit to fit your scheme or your system right i'm talking about the the terrible habits that are left. I'm, I'm dealing with it at the high school level right now. Yep. Like dealing it with takes kids. It time who have, to weed that yes, out. Yes, you got you to gotta reprogram. Like that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah, and both Florida State and Arkansas are going to reset with new coaches uh, for sure. 
NBA, there was a story out uh, this past weekend where Deion Waiters, the Miami Heat, was on a team plane and had an incident. It's been described as a panic attack. It's been uh, described as seizures differently, you know, kind of conflicting reports out of there. But everyone agrees he was tripping, that the result bro. of it was that he had taken an edible in the form of a gummy yeah. that's on there. Gummy gate, I saw some people uh, calling it. Uh, he has been suspended 10 games by the Heat. It will, lo- it will cost him about $2 million because of the suspension. He has approximately $24 million left on his deal. Wasn't exactly playing a lot with all these young bucks on there. It seems like his time is coming to an end, and the Heat would love to take him off the books and have somebody else pick up that contract, some sort of some sort of deal where they can move on from Deion Waiters. Um, the problem with that is with Deion and all that surrounded him lately, with the calling out of Eric Spolstra and uh, I don't know who's taking him on. Right. Like, I don't know how you get move that if you're the heat. Um, I still think Dion's a really good player. You know, if, if he only fits a certain kind of style, like his game is, is it's, it's talented, but unique um, at the same time. I don't know how you move him right now because it's toxic. Like the, what Dion represents right now, because of all of the attention that has been, you know, drawn to this. And then the, you know, prior to that with the Eric Spolstra taking shots at your head coach on Instagram, like people, like, yeah, people don't want to touch that. You know what I mean? So it's gonna be very difficult for them to move on from now. What I would say to Dion, and I don't, Dion probably doesn't care. Um, bro, just chill. Like you don't want to lose any more bread. Like chill. Just the only thing you can do now, they're not going to play you. They've already said that they're giving you healthy scratches. They're not even letting you dress out. You're trying to fight them you can't beat them right you're not gonna beat them so just stop like go get in line go about your day-to-day resign to the fact that they are screwing you if you believe they're screwing you but don't let them screw you by taking more of your money away yeah uh definitely uh the other news out of the nba i have a question for you why on earth if you're the warriors would you play steph curry after now has a second surgery but he said, quote, I definitely expect to be ready to play. I don't know when, but at some point in the spring, it's just a matter of the rehab process. I've never obviously dealt with a hand injury like this. After Why, why not just shut him down? I mean, you could, and then like, you, like, theoretically, right? You're right. talking about April. Right. Season ends in April. Right. So and he's saying that he might come back for a couple games. Spring. <laughs> right. So it's just a couple yeah, games. Yeah, I mean, just like, that's pretty open-ended, right? Yeah. I would say you opened a new building there in San Francisco and everything like that. Season ends mid-April usually. I mean, maybe it's a little later now. I don't. Maybe. But even that being said, why? Like, if you're if you already have one of the worst records, they're down there two and eight, same as the Knicks and uh, the New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Why not just try to tank yourself into a situation where you might have a great selection oh. to add to your team when Clay Thompson comes back full speed and Steph Curry comes back full speed? I hear you, but what else is he going to say? Like, right, he, he has to say he this. has to say this, and they could be treating it. With a whole nother, um, he's definitely handling it the right way. If you're Steph, why you want to play back? Like Roger, because we were talking about losing perception. how much it sucks. They're going to be so bad by the time he gets back. Why would he want to play? They're going to be terrible. Did by the way, did you guys see Dr- Draymond yesterday when he got he got ejected? Um, and in the post game press conference, he said like it sucks. Like I didn't know. He said I didn't agree with the call. Right. So he treated that so he didn't get fined. And then they asked him about getting kicked out. And he was like, I'm a grown man. I got kids too. Ain't no grown man gonna tell me to shut to not talk. Whoa! Oh, wow, really? I get down with that, Draymond. You already know, baby. All right. We'll be back tomorrow. The college football selection rankings tonight. We'll react to those. See ya.